From Edge Radio 99.3 FM, this is an edit of The Dice Man Cometh, the podcast. The Dice Man Cometh! Here we are. It's Thursday evening. You know what that means, Garth. Yeah, discount happy hour at the local pub where you can get a palm in a pint for only $15. No, it means Leon has... Dragged himself away from the local factory de chocolat. Aha! Uh-huh. And joined us here in the Edge Radio studios. Well, I best be going then because there is no way the three of us will fit in a studio together. I think we will, Leon. Hello. Yes, I am indeed here. Just for funsies, I thought I'd turn up this week. I won't be here next week, as always. <laughs> but I thought I would turn up because we played a game recently that I'm a big, big fan of and I wanted to talk all about it. Plus, I need to tell you, lads, what you're going to get for your Christmas presents. Well, there you go. Now, I will let everyone know that it is episode 287. That has got to be some form of devil's number. Being 13 away from the big three double O. Hey, there's nothing wrong with 87. Some really good people were born in that year. It was me. Uh, I was born oh, you were born in 87? Yeah. In 287? No, that Mark was born in 287. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's the 5th of December, 2019. The three of us, that is all three dice men, it doesn't happen often these days, I know, it's are wicked. here in the Edge Radio Studios, 99.3 FM. Now, Garth. Yes. Firstly, let us tell everyone that we are proudly sponsored by LFG Australia. And you should check out lfg-oz.com.au. Not only do they have an online store, a retail store, but they also have some game events over the Christmas holidays for the kiddies. Absolutely. And And adults. Well, they do run regular gaming events for everybody Mm. and that's what we really like so the partnership between us and lfg is really fantastic so yes please go and spend all the money that you're not already spending on kickstarter at lfg hyphen oz being a us.com.au and apart from that we are going to talk about a game i was extremely excited about although it took me quite a while to get it and then leon Went out and bought his own copy. Not the same, but better. Well, I think Leon is the living embodiment of capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) Because here's Mark, you know, being like that... There's a squirrel who, you know, saves Saves nuts. nuts. And then hopefully reaps the benefits down the end of the, I don't know, seasons or what have you. Whereas Leon just goes, nuts? Who needs nuts? I'm just going to spend money and collect someone else's nuts. And make my make sure that the nuts I'm getting are better nuts than the nuts Mark's got. And in this case, the nuts Leon that you are getting right. is Nemesis. Yes, but hang not on. so much that it is tear teardrop sundrop sundrop sundropped Nemesis. The, the, tear, the teardrops were for me when I saw how beautiful it was, and I had the plain old grey plastic minis. Hang on, hang on. But all board games aside, because who cares about them? I'm more intrigued about the fact, so you're telling me I'm a squirrel <laughs> with an income and really good nuts. No, you buy the nuts. Oh, I buy the nuts. Yeah. But they're better than Mark's nuts. Well, Mark has his own nuts, yes. but it's only because he's secreted them away in a hole <laughs> okay. from all the hard work that he's done. Whereas if you just, you've just taken your squirrel money right. and, say, like, bought the nuts from someone who's like Mark but not Mark. Okay. While he's busy working. Anyway, it's I'm pretty sure I speak for I'll all of us. I'll draw you a diagram. I speak for all of us when I say the whole podcast should just be about this from now and no one wants to care about board <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think anyone wants to hear about my nuts. Okay. <laughs> they do want to hear about Nemesis. They do want to hear about what secret Christmas presents we would buy for each other and what other gifts we would recommend. I'm so looking forward to talking about our Christmas gift guide oh. because I'm sure there will be some versions of a whole bunch of different gaming tastes. Well, speaking of nuts, there'll be some crackers in there, that's hey, for sure. But anyway, hey. let's go to a song and come back and talk all about Nemesis. you with The Dice Man Cometh on Edge Radio 99.3 FM. Hi, I'm Terry. It's great to see uh, Garth and Mark from uh, Dice Man at LFG Canberra. Um, I, they've both asked me to rate where Leon fits within the Dice Man, and I'd say he's com- comfortably in the top four. <laughs> Well, there you go. That was the newest, hottest music from the B-52s. <laughs> a very current band, I hear. 
Uh, with Hot Corner, you're with the Dice Men Cometh on Edge Radio 99.3 FM. The Dice Men Cometh are right here to tell you about some gaming, courtesy of LFG Australia. Jump on their website, lfg-oz.com.au. But Leon. Hello. You have to tell us yeah. about... I don't know, the way we all die? Yes, yes, Maybe. generally that's the way it works. Mm. All right, I've got a little hypothetical for you, lads, right? Oh, okay. Imagine, right, you're on a spaceship, right? You go into hibernation because it's going to take a while to get back to Earth. You've been off exploring whatnot, and you're on your way back to, to good old Earth, right? Earth blighty. Yeah, Earth blighty. But all of a sudden you get woken up in the middle of your hypersleep. And you think, well, that's weird. Why have we woken up so early? And also, because you've been woken up so early and there's alarms going off everywhere, you don't really know what's going on. You've got a bit of the old space amnesia kicking into your brain. Oh, am I Chris pl- pr- what, Platt? Chris Platt. Platt. Chris Platt. <laughs> you can am, be I, am I Chris Platt? At least Platt, maybe. I don't actually have any clue who you are. All I know, there's a dead body on the floor in front of us. Is okay. it, he's a... Wrapped in plastic. <laughs> I can hear this. But no, who's that? What's that movie? Twin Peaks. No, Chris Pratt and yeah. Jennifer What's-Her-Face. Yeah. Where they wake up on a hibernation ship in the middle of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Chris yeah. Pratt does anyway. Yeah, and then that's... he wakes her up. Spoiler alert. That's God. definitely the sci-fi film that people think of when they talk about the game we're about to talk about. Anyway, alien, so alien. we've woken up. There's a dead body in front of us. Huh. We don't know what the hell was going on with the ship. We don't actually know the layout of the ship that well because we can't really remember. We know that the cockpit's at the front of the ship and we hope we're going to Earth, but we might not be. We know that the engines are at the back of the ship and they're sounding a bit rough. And also, the fact that we can hear these things implies that every door... And even the aircon units on this ship are all completely wide open. Wow. What the hell are we going to do about this situation? Whoop, whoop, I'm just going to go back to sleep. Whoop, whoop. You're just going to go back to sleep? Is that all right? You can't do that. Oh. The hibernation chambers need time to recharge. <sighs> Damn, hibernation so, chambers. Yes. What you do know is that you've got 15 time cycles, or turns, <laughs> if you wanted to make this some sort of board game. <laughs> to do something about this. You've got to fix those engines. You've got to make sure you're going back to Earth because if, if you're going back into deep space, you're done for. If you don't fix those engines, you've got to explode. And who knows what could be going on the ship. There could be malfunctions. There could be fires. There could be other things Would, aboard the ship. Do you gentlemen know, I believe it's a fact, right. that if your ship goes into hyperspace while you're just walking down a passageway, you will, in fact, turn to some jelly-like substance. Yes, that is exactly what the game does describe. There you go. Anyway, so we are talking about Nemesis from uh, Awakened Realms. Mark, you've mentioned them once before. <laughs> I, I, I'm a bit of an Awakened Realms fanboy, and some listeners might remember I made a crucial mistake with Nemesis where I backed the single round of shipping, which means I didn't get the shipping in the first round when it was released. I got it in the second round with the, all the expansions and everything, which and, means... And you didn't even get half the good ones, you silly old man. Well, <laughs> it means we're about 12 months late to the party. Yeah, which is a sad state of affairs. But anyway, you finally got your hands on it. I have. Friends of mine got their hands on it. I played theirs before I played with you lads and went, this is amazing, got to get my hands on yeah, it. Yeah, so you, you yeah. Leon, you didn't back it at all. No. You decided, you know what, I won't outlay any money at all. No. And then I'm going to reserve judgment until I play a game. Yes. And then I'll decide whether I like it or not. Yes. And then you did that and you bought the game mm-hmm. and you got the better version of the game mm. all before Mark got his copy. Yeah. Yes. That is exactly how that worked out. That sounds pretty good. That I'm sounds quite... pretty sad. That <laughs> doesn't sound pretty sad, though. I'm quite happy about it. So, anyway, Nemesis is a semi-co-op game. Ooh, semi-co-op. Why is that? Because we all have a group mission to get this ship back into ship shape, funnily enough, get it back to Earth, make sure the engines are good, and there might be some nasty aliens on the ship that we might have to take care of. That's all we all want to do. However, we all have our own little secret objective. And the reason it's semi-co-op is because my objectives might not necessarily go well with your objectives, Garth. Like, for instance, I might want to murder you. (laughs) Correct! You may want to indeed shoot me out of the airlock or anything that requires me to die. Yes, but I can't attack you directly because that would be wrong. Yes. And the game says I'm not allowed to. <laughs> but I can indeed shoot you out of an airlock or possibly lead you into somewhere where there's lots of fire or things of that nature. Look, in that regard, it joins a very long list of games yeah. that are in the semi-cooperative environment. And yeah. you look at Battlestar Galactica, you look at Dead of Winter, or probably a couple of the biggest names yeah. there, where the game 
probably starts off being fully cooperative because even if you are a dastardly evil Cylon or, or whatever it is in Dead of Winter, I can't remember now. Zombie. You don't want to play your hand straight out from the get-go. You want to earn the trust of your fellow yes. players. Yeah. Um, whereas in this one, you are right, Leon. You, even if you have a mission to kill everyone except you... Yes. You can't just start off by shooting people in faces. No. Sadly, you cannot. And a better show would probably do a bit of research to find out. I wonder what the first ever board game that had a traitor mechanic is. But I can't think of it right Shadows now. Shadows over Camelot? That's I what I was Shadows thinking, but I thought, Camelot. surely there's going to be something before that. The other one would be Ink and Gold mm -hmm. with the little tents and going down for jewels. Although that's not, that's not a that's hidden not a traitor. traitor. That's... that's that's like push your luck and then you can run out and leave the other people there to die. So I think Shadows Over Camelot was the first with a hidden trait. At least to popularise it. Anyway, so the way this game works is each of us is going to be playing a character and it is kind of your uh, sci-fi ship kind of tropes. You've got your captain, you've got your pilot, you've got your soldier, you've got your mechanic who is the exact character from Dead Space. But we can't say that because copyright, copyright, but that's exactly who it is. Yeah. And you've got the scout and things of that nature. And the way it works is that all those characters are some want the same except for their deck of cards because this game is at its sense a hand management game because every round you're going to have a certain amount of cards you'll start off with five and they will tell you the actions you can do and you'll be spending those cards to also do the actions as well but the whole point of this <coughs> pardon me the whole point of this deck is to show that your awareness to the situation around you at the time because if any of these aliens seem to turn up and you don't have many of these cards in your hand they might get a surprise attack on you because you're not aware of your surroundings you're kind of oblivious to what's going on which i think is a really clever little mechanic it is a great mechanic and it's not something that i i mean yes we've seen where your hand is your life or your deck is your life but this is different in terms of depending on where you are in the the turn cycle not the the round cycle, you may have burned through your hand or you may be right at the start of your turn and so you're in a better shape or in a lesser shape to be able to deal with an alien encounter. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and the thing of this game is that you everything in this game, like you said, there's the engines at the back, there's the cockpit at the front and you start off with the hibernation chamber, smack dab in the middle. Everything else is a complete mystery and every time you play this game you'll set the tiles up slightly differently so you don't exactly know where you're going you're going blindly into all these different rooms to fit with the theme that your character does have somewhat amnesia and they've been woken up and there's alarms and craziness going on all around them they don't really know where they're going yeah. they're just running from room to room so you'll go to different rooms uh, you will then turn it over to see what the room is as well as a little event will occur and on that little event token would also tell you how much you can search that room for your supplies and stuff that you might need uh, I wouldn't say it's little events yeah. <laughs> those little events you see in inverted commas yeah. can be dastardly yes they certainly can there could be things like there could be a fire and on a spaceship I hear fires aren't very good Mm. Uh, Particularly on the inside. Yes, and um, there could be mechanical f failures. There could be, you know, there could be slime because slime is bad. And that yes. could, you know, make you, for some reason, make you noisier because you're walking around making squelchy sounds. <laughs> and then you slip over every so often. Yes. And just alert the whole ship of your slippy overness. Yes, but as I also mentioned, that every character is different because of the, the cards that you have. Like the soldier, for instance, has more shooty type cards and to be able to reload and things of that. And then... Things like the leader, he can, if other people are on his space, he can do things like inspire them to move for them mm. and things like that. So everyone has thematically makes sense with the deck of cards that they have. It's only a small deck and you will go through it very quickly and sadly you will get some contamination cards in there as well, which means you could be a horrible little beastie yourself eventually. But, uh, it, yeah, it's, you cycle through it very quickly so you always have those abilities at hand. Yes. Oh, look, I really like the mechanic. You're deck is incredibly thin. You mm. have 10 cards, is that yep. right? 10 cards. And you will cycle through them almost every other turn. Yep. Yeah. And you don't necessarily get more cards, with mm -hmm. the exception of when something bad happens to you. Uh -huh. And those cards are just horrible. But yeah. they serve no purpose apart from just clogging up your deck and adding to general horribleness. Yep. They don't give you any special abilities. They don't do anything. No. But your deck will start at 10 cards and maybe get to 15 well, they definitely did for you, didn't they? Mr. Contaminated over there. Still a human. Yeah, anyway. Uh, but the kind of 
the beauty of it all, there's one mechanic in this that I really like, that I said that since it's a semi-co-op, you get given cards at the start of the game, you get two cards, and they show your secret objectives. However, this game does something which not many other games, if any game I've ever seen, does, and that you don't have to pick them straight away. Mm. In the game that we played... Uh, Aliens came out very quickly, didn't they, Mark? Yes. When you had a lava try to bury itself into your stomach Mm -hmm. on, like, your first turn, I think it was? Yes. When I played it with my other friends, Adam and Sam, we didn't have aliens turn up to, like, the third or fourth round. Wow. You've got other friends? I do. I have plenty of other friends. Yeah, and they play board games too, so watch yourself, lads. (laughs) So that is when you choose to do which of your secret objectives, which I think is an excellent mechanic because, like, I, for instance, I had the kill another player type card and I thought well maybe that could be an option but I also had another one that was as simply as pick up a dead body and it was called I think it was called like rest in peace or proper burial pick up a dead body which is where you start with a dead body you pick that up and just try and get it off the ship or get it into a hibernation chamber. I mm. thought, well, that ended up being the easier one and that is a great way to mitigate the fact that oh, I've got this secret objective I don't think I'm ever going to be able to complete that doesn't that suck which can happen in things like Dead of Winter and similar types of games. Absolutely it can. Well, I think it it looks like it potentially could happen here depending on what stage you get to pick. Because, for example, I had um, solved the egg weakness for the aliens. Yes. And the eggs don't come out until the nest gets discovered. Of course, what did Garth had, which we don't know, yeah. Garth had basically destroy the nest. Yes. So if Garth had managed to destroy the nest before I could get hold of an egg and get it to the lab and get it analysed, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to fulfil my objective. But luckily... I very convincingly convinced Garth that, hey, it'd be really good for us if he took an egg to the lab and analysed it because then we know the weaknesses of the aliens. Well, look, I think it's very important with these objectives that there's usually one dastardly option and one, like, soft fairy unicorns option. So the option might be kill a thing, a thing being you, other players, Mm. this player cannot survive, or it might be something nice and soft and fuzzy like... Yes, you have to provide uh, an escape pod space for a dead body and the ship has to go to Earth. Yeah. Well, the thing is, they're called personal and corporate objectives and funnily enough, the personal ones are the nice ones and the corporate ones are the evil ones. Who'd have thunk it? (laughs) Yeah, and very thematic, obviously, with the um, the copyright alien theme where the corporate guys, they're the bad guys. Yes, so let's not muck around. This is... Alien, the board game. It is a lovely mixture of Alien and Aliens in a board game. It is exact, apart from name and the fact that, you know, they look slightly different or they look quite similar. Yours look really good, though. Yes, they do, because mine are are nicely sun-dropped and they look very very pretty. But that's what it is. And all the different room tiles that you can explore in every game that they change up, they're really cool. There's ones that will always be in certain games. Uh, because you need to have them there. Mm-hmm. So there are ones like if you need to be able to send a signal back to Earth, which some characters need to do for their special objectives. There are one where there is the escape pod, which is another way of possibly winning. You get on that escape pod, you don't really care if the ship is going back to Earth or the engines are good. You get on that escape pod, you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then there are a whole lots of other random ones which might be in the game, might not be. Things like the armory where you can get more armor, things like the cabin where you can have a bit of a rest but search for all the different kind of items you're looking for. There is a lot of variety and replayability in this game. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that anybody that backs them on Kickstarter, you actually get another completely different group of aliens called the Void Seeders, which <laughs> is copyright not infringing basically Event Horizon version of the game <laughs> where these crazy things are happening but they could all be in your head. Yeah. And there's an uh, extra thing that you could have backed on the Kickstarter, which I definitely would have if I backed it, and I'm annoyed that Mark didn't back it, which are the Carnomorphs, mm. which are the exact copies of the aliens from the Dead Space video game, which is possibly one of the best sci-fi video games ever made. Is that the I like to eat people aliens? Uh, yes, essentially. You like yeah. to eat people and you can carve off different bits of them and whatnot, and they look really cool, and I'm mm. looking forward to trying to find some of them. Also in this game, they come with a book that you can play a small campaign, mm. and that small campaign is set out in a comic book type format, which is a brilliant idea. Yep. The Kickstarter, you could actually get a second one, so you could have two little campaigns. Yes. However, the most important thing I need to speak about, which we didn't play, which was that came with all the Kickstarter editions, is the Aftermath. Yeah, it was a stretch goal, the Aftermath expansion. Which is one of the coolest features 
I think I've ever seen in board game. Basically, uh, what the aftermath is, is that you've plen- finished this game. Now, this game is not short. This game takes about between two and three hours. It is very similar to that of Eldritch Horror in the way the game actually plays and the kind of long that it takes. Mm-hmm. Although, at no point when we were playing it did I feel bored during these three hours and it seemed to fly by. Yes. But what you can do is that once the game is over, if the ship doesn't explode which it did for us. Or you could just kind of do a little tiny retcon and say, maybe we all died, but the ship didn't explode. <laughs> mm. You can play an Aftermath, which is another, basically another version of the game you play straight away where every room in the ship is already discovered and you play as a different crew and this is six other completely different characters mm. and you put a little spaceship tile next to the main board, which has its own rooms on it as well. You're playing a crew that turns up to this spaceship after all this chaos has happened to, to basically investigate to find out what happens. And this game only takes six rounds instead of the possible 15 the main game can take. So it takes, even the, since half the setup is done for you, mm. about an hour or so, and the objectives that you have, again, you have personal and kind of group objectives, they're a lot quicker to be able to do. And there's always one on the board which is kind of like an evil corporation one, which is kind of screw your friend, do something evil for us and get out of Dodge. And... It's absolutely brilliant. I would kill to have this in something like an Eldritch Horror that said, like, you failed the game, Cthulhu took over, six months later, this group of survivors are now on this world, the world looks like this. That would be amazing. And the fact that this game has done it, I think a few other games will probably rip it off down the line, and I'm more than happy for them to do it. Cool. So, we've talked enough about basically how the game works, I don't want to spoil it for people. What did you lads think of the play that we had? Well, look, I have been anticipating this game for a long time and I was not let down. As you said, it is so much like Aliens, the board game. It is the most Aliens-y of any board game we've played. Obviously, we really enjoy the uh, Alien Legendary game, um, but this is, as we said, you know, you are you're moving around, you're exploring, you're finding these aliens, you're fighting. I mean, I was actually amazed we, we fought them and we killed quite a few because when you look at the scale of the crew and the scale of the aliens they're like three times as big the big adults yeah but and you were only queen. killing lava mark i for, killed for an adult garth anyway <laughs> but look it, everything about it it breathes its theme every decision in the game is based on the theme it all fits so well together you know awakened realms they before this they had lords of hellas which was a bit of a hit bit of a miss mm-hmm. this one has smashed it out in the park and i have noted it's already up to number 51 on Board Game Geek, and I can't remember thematically number 12. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So it's the 12th high. best thematic game. Uh, as I said, we missed the, the initial. Hey, there's no we in this, okay. Mark. I missed the initial one <laughs> because I didn't get it early. But it, then again, it didn't have a lot of hype early, so I feel like maybe a lot of people got the, the, new, the one lot yeah. of oh, shit. I mean, yeah. yeah yes. yes. What did you think, Garth? Look, I really enjoyed this game. I think mechanically it is so simple. The fiddly bit is the setup. Yeah. So, so make a, lot, sure. a lot of setup, and there is quite a bit of going on. There is quite a lot of how does this exactly work, but it does fit in eventually. Yeah, yeah so make sure you have a Leon in your pocket. Yeah. You can just pull out and set it up for you. Yeah. Uh, make sure you have rules and definitely go into BGG and download some player aids mm. because they are really good and really useful to have. Yeah, so it's not complicated, but there is just lots of bits that you kind of have to remember. But as Mark said, they're also thematic. Like, for instance, you can when you're fighting an alien, you can shoot them, but if you choose to do a melee attack on them, you can do that but it's much more difficult and you risk getting seriously injured yeah. because you're punching a 10-foot alien. And just lots of different things that make perfect sense thematically. I actually compared it somewhat to The Grizzled when we played it. Now, I think The Grizzled is the most thematic board game I've ever played, so it's not quite to that stretch. But the fact that the mechanics blend in with the theme and you yep. go, if you were fighting a 10-foot alien, how do you suppose it would probably work? Yep. That's how it works Correct. in this game. Yeah. You could shoot it, it spends ammo... You probably don't want to shoot it, even if you're a soldier. You want to get the hell out of there. You don't want to kill it most of the time. And if you try and punch it, it's not going to go well for you. And also, these things are crazy and you're in a confined space. It's not going to hit you Absolutely. all the time. And there's lots of different scenarios. Yeah, that's right. You, you've you never come across this alien race before. You don't know what they're going to do. You, know what, you don't know what they're capable of. You don't know what their powers are. You don't know if they're going to eat you or run away. The fact that they can disappear into a, um, into a shaft at any stage and then... Yep. 
come back later on. How you draw them out of the bag and you don't know if it's going to be a little baby one or a massive big one. That would have to be, unfortunately, the most unthematic part of this for me. Yep. Which is... You go through the phases and you've got, you know, player turns and then you go to the, the next phase where things happen. Yeah, and you've got event phase and then the following event or the following phase of that is called bag development yeah. phase. <laughs> Which is a nice way of saying things on the ship get worse and aliens are probably going to come out. Yeah, so instead of alien spawns yeah. or time progressors mm. or something, it's called bag development phase. Yeah. And it really sucks you sucked me out of the theme of being in this spaceship yep. where I'm trying to survive, I'm trying to do my objective, I'm trying to make sure that everyone thinks I'm kosher and okay, yep. and there's big bads all over the place, and then I'm doing bag development phase. Yeah, That's the only thing that I thought just needed a change of name, mm. and I'm certainly excited to play this again, which I know we will, Yep, but I want to do that before I categorically say yep. how much I enjoy yep. this game. Yeah, well, I've played it a couple of times now, so I can definitely say I love it, and it's definitely one of my games of the year. However, I must quickly mention the fact that there is one negative that a lot of people have mentioned, is that when you are fighting the aliens, you turn over a card to show how much health the alien has, and the thing is, that can be different. Sometimes it's two, sometimes it's three or four or five, and if you fight them a different time, they might keep the damage that from last time but then their health might be different. You can think, well, last time it had three and I did two wounds to it. Now it's got five. Why is that? But from a thematic sense, it actually makes sense because these are, well, these are aliens. You don't know about them or how they work. And also the fact is, look at a human being. A human being can get a nasty knock on the temple and be done for, yeah. whereas some other people can survive shotgun blows to the stomach and stuff like that. So that's why... Just ask Rasputin. Yeah, exactly. I was actually going to bring up Rasputin as an exact example. So thematically, I can understand why people might not enjoy that bit of the mechanic, but it's not the end of the world for me. It, I'd rather if they've done something maybe a little bit different, but eh... I, I think a bit with. of random chance is perfectly acceptable in a yes. game like this. I think it fits perfectly. And the fact that even, you know, when you flip that card, it might say two, three, four, or five, it might say the alien runs away. Yes. I love that. And as I said, you, you could have no aliens. Next minute, you've got three or four. Next minute, they're all gone again. It's like, where did they go? I love that. It fits the theme perfectly. It makes perfect sense. So anyway, Nemesis is very, very good. The Dice Men recommend it was well worth waiting a year for. Now that Mark has just coughed his microphone oh. out of the studio, yeah. we should probably go to a song. <laughs> okay. Back shortly. It's a Queensland. Garth. Hey, Mark. How are you going? I am well, but you know what? Because it's Thanksgiving, I'm feeling really thankful for all those people that support us on Patreon. Whether it's as little as a dollar or whatever people want to spend, that money goes towards us. Mostly travelling to board game conventions. You can come back, play those amazing interviews that I record, <laughs> uh, so they can hear what it's like at those conventions, hear about the latest games, what Australian designers are doing, hear all the news from around Australia. Absolutely. So look, as our way of saying thank you to every one of our existing hopefully new Patreon backers, mm. we're going to run a competition. Yes. Now, this competition is our way of saying thanks because we love doing this. We do. But we love to be able to do it a little bit more. And we do use every dollar that comes through Patreon, goes back into the show. We get to travel. We get to create more content. I don't make any money on this because that's just not the kind of people we are. Not at all. But exciting news, Garth. Not only are we going to give away at least 10 games to our Patreon supporters, the big prize is a Kickstarter-exclusive edition of Ignace Tretzicek's Predator Porter from Portal Games that you heard us review just a few shows back. Now, disclaimer, some of these games will be games that we will have played, but they won't be in shrink. No, but that's extra value, though, isn't it? Absolutely. They have been touched by a dice man. And obviously, with the Predator Porter, we've already learned enough about fashion. We don't need it anymore, and we want to get it in the hands of listeners. Yes, but so at least 10 games, all you need to do is be a Patreon supporter as of midnight on the 24th of December. That's Christmas Eve. And you've agreed to do the checking at midnight, haven't you, Mark, on Christmas Eve? Because, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I might be busy and Leon will be, I don't know, doing something that Leon does. So look, all you've got to do to be able to be eligible to win one of 10 prizes at least, as Mark said, 
Become a Patreon backer, or if you're already one, you're already in the competition, but you can go to patreon.com forward slash Cometh, or quite simply go to dicemencometh.com and press the big Become a Patron button, and the work's almost all done for you. That's all you need to do, and you will reap the rewards, and we will reap the benefits. Thank you so much to those people who already support us. Hopefully this might bring some new supporters, but whatever, we're going to give away games. Absolutely. And on that note, back to the show. Well, there you go. That was another current 2019 top charting artist with LL Cool J. They're called the classics for a reason, guys. With Loungin. You with the Diceman Cometh on Edradown 99.3 FM. Now deck your halls with Bows of Holly. Because we are about to get a little bit Christmas. And, of course, if you need to buy some games and you don't know where to get them from, you can always check out lfg-aus.com.au because not only do they have a retail presence in Canberra, they also have an online store. They sure do. Now, Garth? Yes. Leon? Hello. We talked about doing a Christmas gift guide like we do every year. But as usual, we like to come up with some, some potentially some different categories. And then I thought we might round off this giving season by giving each other gifts. It's always a highlight for me. Because it's always about, it's about the giving. But let us start off with a couple of quick ones. Mm. So firstly, I'd like to talk about some stocking stuffers. Okay. So some... Quick little cheap games, probably $20 or less or about that, you know, that $20 mark maybe that you can stick in a stocking. Stock, uh, st- stuff in a, a sticking. Stick, Put it on a old sticking yeah. For friends and family and kids and those sort of things. And you can also say it's from Santa so that no one takes the blame exactly. if they don't like it. <laughs> <Yes>. Exactly. <laughs> Garth? Hello. Oh, I get to go first. That's yes. really, really cool. Yep. So, look, the game I chose for my stocking stuffer is a game that we only played a couple of days ago mm. and was only delivered to me a couple of days ago via a neighbour. Oh. Because we are very lucky to have designers and publishers wanting to send us games mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they communicate with us usually electronically via you know, our Facebook page or dicemancometh.com yep. or dicemancometh at gmail.com, for example. And someone did that. Mm. And then one of you guys, you being Mark or Leon, said, yeah, we'll take your game and here's, here's the address. And, yep. and, and look, it's usually my address that receives the games. But they gave the wrong address. <laughs> now, hand, hand up. I was going to say, me. that wasn't it me. It was me. Yeah. So anyway, this game thankfully got delivered to one of my neighbours who I know very well. And, you know, um, it arrived on, on Monday or Tuesday and, and we played it. And the game I'm talking about is, going to get this right, Baby Dragon Bedtime. Yes. By Tin Star Games, which mm. is a little Aussie sort of designer and producer out in, in Sydney. Uh-huh. And this game is essentially the size of a deck of cards. And the reason for that is it's a deck of cards. <laughs> yeah. And it is a game that plays up to A, B, C, D, E, F, G, six seven, or seven it? players. Seven, I believe it is. And you're all playing dragons and you've got to try and accrue wealth. You've got to get gold and you've got to avoid things that will give you negative gold. And basically, by the time it's bedtime, yeah. you've got to be the one who's got the most money. Yeah. And it's a really interesting little game. You each get your own starting deck of five cards. You'll shuffle them up and you'll put them face down. Once everyone's done that, you'll get all the other cards in the game. You'll shuffle them. And if you're like me and have a card shuffler... Oh, God. <laughs> you and that bloody card shuffler. That is... It's pretty bad, but anyway. Um, you'll shuffle the cards. You'll put them then all face down on a massive tableau because there's, I don't know how many cards. but A lot, a lot of, of cards, yeah. Then simultaneously every player is going to flip over the top card and just simply do what it says. The card will either say pick up a card or look at a card secretly or something. It'll be very, very simple. You do what it says. You accrue cards. You look at cards. You flip over cards. It is mayhem and madness and it goes for five minutes. Yeah. And then as soon as someone's pretty happy with the way they've gone, they put their hands over their deck of cards and they've signified, I'm going to sleep now. And then as soon as everyone bar one player has gone to sleep, the game ends. You count up your victory points. Whoever has the most victory points is the winner. And that's it. And yeah. we, we played this ourselves. We did after at Nemesis. At the end of our game of Nemesis. And then, Garth, you played it with your kids as yeah, well. Yeah, I thought, I mean, obviously, you know, three boring dudes playing this after Nemesis. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's done that. Yeah. But I thought I'd play kids 
kids with my games. I thought I'd play games with my kids. Yep. And we did it. And the first game, I won. I beat an 11-year-old <laughs> and a 9-year-old kid. High five. Lovely. <laughs> but as soon as we finished, my kids said, let's do it again. And I think that shows you yep. it is actually a really fun, simple game. Hey, if it wasn't like 11.30 at night after Nemesis is that, I would have probably happily played it again as well. Yeah, admittedly, the most annoying part of this game is the setup. Mm. And I think that the setup rules could be a smidge more clarified. It just sounded like it was a bit more complicated. Yeah, than we were a bit upping an hour and we were reading it going like, how is this going to work? But then after we played it once, yeah. and it if like, you, well, I'm sure you explained it to your kids as opposed to getting them to read the damn book, Yes, no hassle whatsoever. Not, none it's whatsoever. not difficult in the slightest. The art is cute. Yeah. The game is simple. Yeah. It's by an Australian designer. It is no doubt cheap and cheerful, which is great. So I would have no hesitation in recommending that you stick that in the stof- stocking and you don't give Santa the credit. Yeah. You say, oh, I actually got this for you. Yeah. Yes. And you give the credit to Tin Star Games. And look, thank you so much to Steve D of Tin Star Games for sending that to us. I know he's got other things on the horizon, but this was a great little game and we certainly wanted to, to mention it because we did enjoy it. Probably... More than we expected to, I think. I think it's a game we will probably bring to BorderCon and play at like one in the morning when we're all (laughs) half gone and have quite a bit of good fun with it. Now, Leon. Hello. What are you stuffing in your stocking? What am I stuffing in my stuffing? Um, I am going to chuck in a copy of Dungeon Mayhem, Ah. which is the D&D-themed kind of a quick little card, basically a version of like a King of Tokyo where you're fighting your friends, except it's with the card players as opposed to rolling dice. Yep. The original version of this played uh, one to four. There's a little expansion that came out which added two other characters. Mm. There's actually an expansion that com- is coming out next year which makes this game not... It's still a small, quick game, mm-hmm. but it's six new characters and they're all classic D&D monsters. Ooh. So you can play as a beholder or a mind flayer and things like that. And it's small and it's simple and it, I think it's only about 15 bucks or so. The nice. art... The art and the components are... Like, the art's nice enough. The components are a bit meh, but it's just a quick game to throw down and, you know, you can play this while somebody's going to get some takeaway food while you're playing a D&D session cool. quite happily. I've also got down quickly, again, we've mentioned many, 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 many times, uh, Game of Thrones, Hand of the King. Ah, nice. God, it looks so good. God, yeah. it plays so good. And it's like 15 quid. Yeah, it's a great bargain. For me... I'm on the roll and write roll, mm. and I've actually bought a couple of these for one for my niece, one for my nephew. That is things like Quicks yep. or Quinto or Blooms or Big Dig or Harvest Dice. They're all great little roll and writes around that $15 to $25 price point. Uh-huh. Easy to learn, easy to explain, lots of fun for, for kids. I would also include silver and gold in that. Oh, yes, yes, good point. Which we played at LFG's Mm. SN Unplugged, which is very much in that similar vein too. All right, now the second category, a little bit similar to the stocking stuffer, is your workmate Secret Santa or Kris Kringle or whatever you want to call it, where it's got to be something that they look at and almost instinctively can learn how to play super simple because we all know people who don't play games, just like we almost got put off by Baby Dragon Bedtime, when you look at the rules, if it's not something you can work out in 30 seconds, it tends to go in the back of the cupboard. Absolutely, and this is a little bit different because, you know, the whole stocking stuffer is, you know, it's kids, it's light. You want to be able to teach it and go from, yeah. from this. Whereas, and you're going to be there to teach. A- absolutely, whereas with your, your Secret Santa... They're not going to know it's from you, mm. so they need to figure it out by themselves. So, yeah, I, I was thinking, well, do you give them tapestry because it's only two double-sided pages? Oh, God. <laughs> but who do I like that's worth $150? Mm-hmm. Nobody. Yeah, I thought as much. It's that simple. So, for me, I thought I'd go again small and I'd go a deck of cards, but I'd go with a deck of cards that is really intrinsically interesting. And as a game we've talked about before, it's Crass Carriot. Uh, I yes. really enjoy this little light trick-taking game where you can explain it in two minutes if someone goes, do not know this? This seems weird. Or, more appropriately, the rules are really quite easy to understand, which yeah, is nice. fair enough. It makes no thematic sense because there is no theme, and that is fine because the game is mechanically sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Crass Carriot, you can get it on your online shops. I don't even know how many retailers have it in Australia. I, I got my copy from Amazon. Yeah. 
Leon? Sure, it was cheap. Well, I went on a slightly different look to this one because uh, the Secret Santa we normally do at work, we then do on our work Christmas party, which is where we're all at, like, say, the top floor of some restaurant that we've all booked out and we're all many, many drinks in, as factory workers <laughs> yes. tend to be. So I went with games that I could probably explain to them myself. However, I reckon they could easily pick them up. And these mm-hmm. are games that, again, they're intro, so they're quick enough. They could read them from the rule books, but they could play them for, for a very, very long time. And they are it's kind of cheated and I guess it's kind of a boring because I think these were my one and two games of the year last year oh, okay. <laughs> and it's just one and where words yeah two games that I think that I could teach to yeah. anybody at the drop of a hat and like where words is infinite replayability yeah just one if you're literally at a Christmas party with 20 people that would be the game I'd get out instead yes. uh, but where words is better because it plays at all good play accounts you can mm-hmm. play where words with four at a minimum up to however many you please uh, but just one is where you definitely want for your five six or seven uh, games that I would recommend to the cows come home to nearly anybody for anything and they just made sense nice well for me I I know none of my workmates are listening. I have actually bought Sushi Go. It's wrapped at work in the Secret Santa pile right at the moment because I thought that's perfect. You didn't like them enough to go Sushi Go party, though? No. Cheapskate. <laughs> well, well, it's actually, our limit is $15. I've actually spent $19.95 oh nice because one. I like them so much. Or I thought the game would be another good one. Yep, The game true. of the game. Or maybe something like set, sure. where you've got to do the, the three different or the three the same. Just a simple thing that anyone can learn. Now, the third category, mm. a game for your best gaming buddy. And I'm going to go first because you guys are my best gaming buddies. And you know what? I'm going to buy you presents later on. So, buggy, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get you some homebrew Ooh. and then I'm going to bring along... Some of the beer-themed games that I've got sitting on my awesome. shelf that I haven't got to play, including <laughs> Home Brewers from yep. Greater Than Games or Dice Brewing or Beer Empire, which are both from a company called Board and Dice in Poland. All three of those games are in shrink on my shelf and I'm dying wow. to play them. You should definitely do that. Leon, what have you got for your best gaming buddies? Because apparently... Yep. You have games. Oh, I do. I house. have plenty of them. Uh, one of the ones I've got is um, is Paladins of the West Kingdom, just yep. because it's a really good game, and anything that Shem does pretty much turns to gold at the moment, and it's new and shiny. But the other one I've got, which is the one I'd probably more likely to actually give because it's a bit smaller and a bit easier, is a game we've played quite a lot thanks to Young Travelling AOS, and that's Three Secrets. This is a game mm. that a friend of ours, Renee, uh, lovely, he backpacked, back hacked for me all the way from Essen to get it to me here down in little old Tasmania, Three Secrets and its expansion. And it's a game that you could quite literally pull out the card in a group of people and just start playing the game without them realising it. You could say, there's three secrets on this card, they're the colourful ones, start asking me yes or no questions about them, and then just go from there. And it's just so good. And each of those boxes, which are about 20 bucks each, have 50 cards in them. So you could play that with the same group of friends and do 50 cards. You could then give it to somebody else, they could do the same. Or you could just, you could be the game master with a different group of friends. We haven't talked about it on there, have we, properly? No, we haven't done a proper what we've been playing, which it's probably not big enough for. No, but just a little bit of understanding, I think, would be really cool because it's a very interesting yeah. exercise. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should probably just do a video of us playing around of it at some point and All post right. it because yeah, it is really cool. Garth? Uh, yeah, so I went a little bit different. I just went, what do I want to play? <laughs> uh, so if I'm gonna, if <laughs> You I'm gonna, are your own best game buddy. Well, no, they're not solo games. Um, <laughs> if I'm going to spend money on my friends, I want to be able to get you know return on investment. Of course. So I've gone for Food Chain Magnet. Oh, <laughs> yes. Because I really want to play yeah, it. So do I. It's not cheap. No. So if I'm going to spend that much money, I want to get some time at the table and this is going to give me a lot of time at the table and then if I've got one gaming buddy that I want to sit down and play with then Mm -hmm. I've had to choose a two-player game and the one that I'm most excited about at the moment is Watergate. Oh, yes. This little two-player back and forth game Mm -hmm. of strategy and intrigue and I just really am excited about it so I want to try and get a copy of that. I know there are a few at the, at, at, around Australia yeah. and I want to get my hands on one. So if there's any secret gaming buddies of mine that they don't know <laughs> that I'm their secret gaming buddy, send me those two, please. Fair enough. Yes. Okay, now the fourth category of five is 
your family Christmas party game or maybe a shack game or even when you're on a road trip. Yes. Ooh, all right. Who's going first in this one? I shall start because the first one I've got on here, I actually bought and played last Christmas uh, with my lovely wife and her family up in the northern Tasmania, and that was Rhino Hero Super Battle. It's a game that I think every extended time of bigger family should own because this is a game you could play with someone from five to 500 if you pleased because it's simple as stacking things up there's a dicey roll to kind of move your character up but it's just stacking and it's fun and it's it looks so cool when you see that big stack yeah and it's just it's just fun at the end of the day it's just that simple and i've also got um a party game that we've played recently i uh, only played it with garth haven't played it with mark yet that we will talk about at some point called tags yeah. which is the one about taking the marbles Ooh. off and cool different little stuff we'll talk about that more but okay. it is staying in my collection put it that way okay well i got a couple I've got quirky circuits that I picked up at LFGS and unplugged in the auction by by Plaid Hat Games. It's a program movement game with little minis, and but it's co-op, and you're cooperatively moving around a robot with programming. That sounds worse than a normal. You've got, <laughs> well, you've got different robots, so you've got a cat on a Roomba. And you're trying to get the Roomba to go around and pick up all the dust without knocking the vases off the table. Uh, I've already played it a couple of times. What's that sound? That's the sound of my wife just buying the game because she heard <laughs> cat on a Roomba. Um, wow. yeah, look, it's a great little game. Um, I've already played it and it's a lot of fun. Or um, any of the three Azuls yep. I think would be perfect. Yep. Or the new one that I played at LFG that I'm quite fascinated by, a new word game by Wolfgang Vosch. Subtext. There we go. And I'm sure we'll talk about that one later as well. Yeah, well, I had subtext on my list as well. Yeah. I also had Azul, but I had Giant Azul. Just oh, because you've got, got it. Because I have Giant Azul, mm-hmm. and if you don't, then <laughs> I've got it. Um, but the other two games that I had on my uh, gaming for Christmas, uh, first one is Team 3. Oh, yes. Yep. So Team 3, while it is a three- or six-player game, is suitable for almost any group because each round goes for three minutes or less and it's always funny. So Team 3, you've got one player who knows what's going to be built but can't speak, so they're gesticulating wildly. You've got the monkey in the middle who can say anything but they're trying to interpret what the builder is trying to gesticulate and then you've got the actual constructor who is blindfolded and trying to make these polyomino things into physical shapes. Mm. And then I figured, look, after the kids have gone to bed, Ooh. you want a game that gets a little bit adult. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not talking about Kama Sutra oh. because no one needs to play that, but I am talking about QE. Oh, yes. QE, again, we played at Essen Unplugged. Yeah. It was fantastic. It is basically an economic game where you can bid any number from nothing to $100 billion trillion and you're buying stocks and shares. And that's fun. Except that whoever bids the most during the game is immediately out yeah. of the game. So you've got to figure out what other people are bidding and what is important to other players. And it is hilarious and soul-destroying at the same time. And I think with the right family group, with the right numbers of alcohol... Oh, oh yeah, it was so good. Um, now our fifth mystery category where we get to pick. Leon, what was your fifth mystery category? So I chose a game that I, for years, have called uh, my Sunday relaxing game. But for this, I'm going to call your Boxing Day hungover as hell kind of game. <laughs> so it's a game that, it's not your small everyday party game, but it's a game that's just... I don't know. I guess you don't really care too much if you win. It's just a fun, enjoyable experience and relaxing, I think. Uh, I've got on here, I know you guys aren't as big a fan of it as I am, is Wingspan fits that for me, just because it looks so nice and it's just, you know, with the nice components and whatnot. Then an upgrade from that is Quacks of Quedlingburg, because who doesn't like the whole pushing your luck when you're half hungover and pulling stuff out of that bag? (laughs) And then I've got what I consider the king of the Sunday relaxing game, and that's Takaido. Absolutely. Because it is arguably still to this day the most beautiful board game in the sense of the art Art and where it, its evocativeness and how it takes you and playing this on a relaxing Sunday where you're just moving along that track mm. like it's an actual journey. And again, I don't think I've ever won Takaido and I could not care less. It's never leaving my collection. Yeah. You beat me to it, Leon. Yeah. I have 100% never won Takaido yeah. and I never care. Yes. It no. is just so much fun yeah. to sit there with a Bloody Mary or a cup of coffee mm. and just make your way across the mountains. Now, Garth... What was your mystery fifth category? So my mystery fifth category was my gaming enemy. 
And that's because, you know, <laughs> gaming is a lovely, inclusive hobby, but sometimes you play with people you just don't like. Yeah. So I want to have a game that I can take advantage of that. So I thought I'd go for Ugtect, where I can at least whack them across the head. <laughs> throw, throw burrito, where I can throw some burritos at them. Uh-huh. Cash and guns, I can point a gun at their head. Mm-hmm. Magic maze, so I can just have the do-something porn <laughs> in front of them all the time. It's going to edit well. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Tower of Madness, that silly Cthulhu Kaplunk game, yep. so that I might be able to poke them in the eye with them. Those. Makes sense. And then the game that I would really like to play with them is The Mind, because then I don't have to say anything or do anything. <laughs> Fair enough. But yet it's a game. Yeah. My fifth category, I picked, of course, playing games with the love of my life, Sarah. Aww. And we're going to play Tainted Aww. Grail because it just arrived yesterday. <laughs> my sun-dropped version of Tainted Grail is so, so beautiful. I'm going to talk so much more about it. I think you're going to marry that instead of Sarah by the sound of it. Well, both of them maybe. (laughs) Okay, now we've only got a couple of minutes left, Uh so we're down to the games that we wanted to buy for each other. I'm going to go first. Right. Now, Leon. Hello. A game I heard that you might like. The expansions for Nemesis I didn't get. No, no. Oh, then I (laughs) Um, really don't care. (laughs) A a game called, I think it's called Cholo Cat Factory. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) That's just an in-joke because, of course, Leon... Bought and then sold, or he's yes. selling. No, I've sold it. Chocolate Factory. Yeah. And there was a card that was missing where chocolate was spelled chocolate. That, that was by Australia's Matt Dunstan as yes. well, wasn't right. it? Yeah, good on you, Matt, for asking for none of my input. There you go. <laughs> but the game I do think you won't like, but I'm going to buy it for you anyway. <laughs> Marvel Legendary, the 10th Anniversary Edition. Oh, God. Because it's got all the movie pictures instead of the cartoons, and I know how much you hate that. (laughs) Why? But the game I really want to buy you... Yes, please. Marvel Champions LCG by Fantasy Flight. Because I want to get you and your delightful partner, Sarah, hooked... Yeah. So that then you start playing two-player games and discover the wonder of playing board games with your significant other, Leon. I think that could do it. It could possibly. Who knows? And Garth? What? Based on your history at LFGS and Unplugged, I think I'm going to buy you a last place marker. Because <laughs> you, you Mark. came last in so many games. But seriously, I couldn't choose between On Mars or Kanban EV for electric vehicle. Mm-hmm. Those two Vital Lacerda ENO tool games that are coming out. One that's coming out now, one that's coming out next year. Amazing Vital games. I think they're going to be great. Well, let me put you out of your misery mm-hmm. and you can get me Kanban because I've already got on Mars on its way. Oh, awesome. So there you go. I saved you that $150 mm-hmm. and you can spend it otherwise. So look, I'll go next. Leon, I was also going to get you Marvel <laughs> just <laughs> because <laughs> Batman is your favourite Marvel character. Is uh, that right? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> um, but then I thought, I'm not going to do a joke present. I'm going to do a real present. And what do you like more than gaming? You like giant bits of plastic. So there's only one game that can do that, and it's Kingdom Death Monster. Thank you. Surely. I can't afford it. No. But if I could, then you can have Kingdom Death Monster. Sure. Because plastic, why not? Yeah. Mark, I'm going to give you the estates, my copy of that. (laughs) No! And then once you've thrown that out, I thought that the game that you would like would be... Lord of the Rings, Journeys of Middle-earth. Oh, yes, I would. And you get to relive mm-hmm. your journey through Middle-earth Come using on, Mr. Frodo, we're almost there. Anyway, so what I'm going to give to you, lads, very quickly is, obviously, Mark, go back in time and get you the sun-dropped nemesis figures. <laughs> and Garth, I'll go back in time. The fact that you didn't back the Suburbia Deluxe Edition <gasps> boggles me to this day. The fact that it's your favourite game and you didn't back it, mm. you're a fool of a man. I know. Anyway, so the actual legitimate picks are... Now, Mark, <laughs> yes. you like co-op games because yes. you like telling people what to do, and you very old. Have we ever mentioned it? <laughs> so you months. probably like old-timey films and what were the classics back in the days? The old-timey monsters. Oh. So I'm going to get you Horrified, ah, which is a game yes. that I own. We haven't played or talked mm. about yet, but bl- believe me, I think you'd enjoy it. And Garth, I'm going to cheat a little bit and get you an IOU for the future mm-hmm. and get you a copy when it comes out of Marco Polo 2. Because hey! the first one was a belter and I reckon you'd like the second one. I completely it. agree with you. Absolutely. Well, look, we are out of time again. We've got to rush out of the studio, let the next people in. But This has been an edit of The Dice Men Cometh from Edge Radio 99.3 FM, Hobart's independent youth station. Find us on Facebook and edgeradio.org.au.